Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 16 of Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to be reading verses 13 and 14. Genesis 6, verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. And shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Well, uh, verse 13 is similar to what we have already read in verses 11 and 12. Let me read those two verses. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So the Lord points out that man has been corrupt and that the earth is filled with violence. Well, he is saying it again in verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. So the Lord is declaring a judgment will take place upon all human beings, all the people of the earth. And he tells Noah this information. He, The Lord is revealing what he is about to do. And that uh, will be a pattern that God follows in the rest of the Bible. He will come to his people and give them advance information concerning things he's about to do. For instance, we read in Hebrews chapter 11 um, of what what God is saying here, and it's described in Hebrews 11, verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So Noah was warned of God of things not seen as yet. And and so God is, in Genesis 6.13, telling Noah that he is going to destroy the earth and all flesh. He is warning him, and then following the warning, God tells him to uh, build the ark, to construct the ark, make the an ark of, of gopher wood. But, but first, here in verse 13, the Lord is again explaining why he intends to destroy the world. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, we, we haven't talked about the word violence yet. Uh, violence 
in these two verses, in verse 11 and verse 13, is Strong's number 2555, and it's very closely related to 2554. 2554 is a word that the Lord uses in Ezekiel 22 and verse 26, where it says her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profane among them. The priests have violated God's law. The word violated is, is this closely related word to violence. It's also the same word, uh, 2554, used in Zephaniah chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. It says, Her princes within her are roaring lions, her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones till the morrow. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. Again, they violated the law. The law of God is very plain, very clear on many matters. And what God says is to be carried out. It is to be done. And yet, when the law of God finds its way into the hands of uh, Old Testament Israel or, or Judah or the New Testament corporate church, very clear direct commands are altered. They're changed. They're uh, misrepresented. They're perverted. The, the, the word pervert means to change. And so Israel did this with God's laws. The church does it. Uh, for instance, God's very clear, very direct regarding the qualifications for elders and deacons. Husband of one wife raising their children well. So an elder or a deacon should be married and not divorced, just have one wife, and he should also have uh, raised his children well. That is, he's attempting to raise his children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and those are the qualifications. Well, the church alters the qualifications and, and they say, well, yeah, um, it, it could be someone who uh, is married a second time, or it could be a single man who's qualified to be an elder or a deacon, or it could be a married man who doesn't have children. They change it. And, of course, we see how God has said he does not permit women to teach nor to usurp authority over the man. How? In the world, the, the churches get around that. Uh, I don't know. But they do. They do, they think. And, and they develop their own doctrine. They uh, have women pastors, women elders, women deacons, women teaching, women exercising authority. 
in the churches and congregations flatly contrary to the law of God. These things violate the law. Or, or when God uh, lays down the law for salvation, that he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy and compassion upon whom he will have compassion. And the churches and the congregations, the theologians, they find a couple of verses and they say, well, no, it's not all of God. Look, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this verse. This is what we are to do. And it does violence. It violates the law of God. We, we could go on and on and on listing doctrines that churches uh, have developed. Um, just the tongues movement is an outright violation of Revelation 22 verse 18 where God has said whoever adds to the words of this book shall have the plagues written herein added unto him. And uh, you know we've been traditionally or historically when we pointed out Revelation 22:18, that verse God placed in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible to declare that the Bible is completed. This is the complete word of God, only the Bible, nothing else. And we've actually said that, that people who think God is still communicating with them through tongues or dreams or visions or in any way whatsoever outside the Bible, they have violated the law. They violated that commandment. And that is the, the idea. The idea with this word violate or violence. In Psalm 73, it says in verse 6, and I think now this is the, the uh, word we're looking at, 2555. Um, I, yeah, I think so. I, in Psalm 73, verse 6, speaking of the wicked, Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Violence covers the wicked as a garment. And in the Bible, covering the garment that, that covers you is a picture of righteousness or it's a picture of the gospel, the, the uh, salvation of God that covers over sin. Well, for the wicked, violence covers them. And, and here, um, you know, we know that in the world, the world's extremely violent with um, the number of shootings and stabbings and clubbings and murders and, and, and just uh, injuries that are committed man against man. And, and all the wars and, and terrorism. and it, It's just an extremely violent place. Physically, yet that physical violence that we see everywhere, you, you, you just can't avoid it today or avoid hearing about it over the news. That physical violence really is a reflection in a sense or, or it illustrates 
the spiritual violence that precedes it, the violence committed against the law of God. And yes, it's committed against the law of God in the churches, but the world, uh, every human being is under the law of God. Every human being is married to the law of God, according to Romans chapter 7. We're, we're in a, uh, mankind is in a spiritual marriage relationship to the law. And, and that's why when people sin, that God speaks of them as adulterers and adulteresses because they have broken their marriage bond to the law of God. And, and, and so the physical violence, uh, it, it's um, just, just terrible and awful, but, but God's focus is on man doing violence or violating his commandments. For instance, in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 14, it says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Now, now that's uh, significant that, lo that the Lord speaks of bread and wine, but he relates the bread to wickedness and the wine to violence. Bread and wine symbolizes or represents the gospel. The, the Lord Jesus Christ is the bread of life. The wine um, represents, again, it's a type and figure of the gospel that goes forth, the, of the blood of Christ that covers over sin. And yet they drink the wine of violence. It, it's a gospel. It's a, a perversion of the law of God. It's a perversion of the gospel in particular in the church. And it's a perversion of the law of God written upon their hearts out in the world. The, the law wherein the, the people of the world know they're not to kill, they're not to steal, they're not to commit adultery. They know they're, that man's not to marry man and woman's not to marry woman. The, the law of God is written in their hearts. But they violate it. They do violence to the law. And, and they turn it around. And, and they change it. And they say that that which is good is evil. And that uh, which is right is unjust. And, and it, it is the, um, the turning in the church. It's from, from uh, grace to works in the world. It is from... Um, the, the, the moral law that God has commanded mankind, they're today in the day of judgment turning from those things and, and um, th that is more and more they're, they're now actively um, changing these things or trying to in society. The, the laws that God has placed upon man's hearts that he can never escape they'll always be there 
Now, let's just go to one last verse before we go back to Genesis. In Jonah chapter 3, Jonah 3, when God sends Jonah the second time into Nineveh, and he declared yet 40 days and Nineveh would be destroyed. Well, then the king of Nineveh caused it to be proclaimed in verse 7, uh, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, by, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell? If God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not. So the Ninevites were also in, going in an evil way and had violence in their hands, the, the hands representing the, the will. They, they were doing violence just as the people of the world uh, before the flood were involved were were filling the earth with violence it's the same old story with mankind again and again and again and so god just picked a time uh, that uh, related or fit perfectly in his uh, program for times and seasons and and of course god didn't just pick any random time no the flood occurred 6,023 years from creation, and and that uh, was no accident, no coincidence. It, it didn't just happen that year, but it happened according to a set time. And also, God picked that time in order to make that statement to Noah, yet seven days, and he would bring the floodwaters. And, and from the date of the flood of 4990 B.C., 7,000 years later, one day is as a thousand years, brings us to Judgment Day in the year 2011. And, and, and so the Lord picked this time because of um, it, it, how precisely it fit the uh, program for the first earth and would fit into the program for the second earth until Judgment Day. And, and so the Lord came and he saw man's uh, incredible wickedness within. The thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And man filling the earth with violence without. There, there was um, a record, there, there was a history uh, there of activities of people doing physical violence, no doubt, but also... Um, more uh, in view would be violating the law of God, doing violence to God's commandments. That's what filled the earth as, as people were going their own way, doing their own thing. And so the Lord says um, in Genesis 6.13, For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. This is God's response to sin. 
It is always wrath. It is always judgment. God will destroy sin. Anyone who thinks that this present earth in, in its just desperate, wicked condition, that, that the world of our time, uh, wherein iniquity has abounded like never before in the history of the world, there, there's just an enormous... It, it's it, it's a hundred mountains um, full of of sin if you pile them high, or a thousand mountains. There, it's just an incredible weight of iniquity and transgressions. It it is um, just abundant uh, evil that has covered the face of the earth in in our time and. God is not putting up with it anymore. We should never think that because Judgment Day came, May 21, 2011, and the wrath of God began to be poured out at that point. And so God is no longer long-sufferingly or patiently waiting. No, James tells us that the, the husbandman waits for the early and latter rain. And then the implication is, once he receives the early and the latter rain, he no longer waits. And the early rain, identified with the church age, and the latter rain, the the second half or second part of the Great Tribulation, that about 17-year period that concluded on May 21, 2011. And ever since that time, God is no longer patiently waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, He's already received it. He's The rains, the seasons have come and gone. It's judgment day. So God is actively pouring out his wrath and will continue to do so until we reach the, the, the same point that the world of Noah's day reached. You know, uh, man can go on with sin for quite a while. Because God was patient for, again, his own reasons, his salvation program. And and God comes and, and very um, uh, patiently, long-sufferingly, he tells Noah, yet 120 years. And, and, and so during this time, the ark is being constructed and, and people are continuing to do the same wickedness. Violence is continuing to fill the earth. Corruption is is continuing to go on. And, and, you know, people can get the wrong idea about God and about uh, his nature. And, and they can start to think and start to believe after a while, well, you know, the... We've been doing this violence. We've been uh, involved in in sin and and doing as we pleased and all we wanted to do for year after year for year after year. And nothing's happened. Therefore, they conclude, and this is their error, nothing ever will happen. And you see, no. And, 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 And then when the timeline is presented and... Yet seven days, and well, people don't believe it. They they dismiss it. 
And yet there does come a point of actual destruction when God does destroy all flesh and he no longer will have anything to do with them. They will be dead. They will die and cease to exist. And the time will come for this present world. That's guaranteed. The time will come. The time has come for spiritual judgment, yet God also has other things in in his program of judgment that he's accomplishing, that he is working out. For instance, the, the trial, the testing of the faith of his people. For another, the appearance of the elect, their demonstration before the judgment seat of Christ. And for another, a timeline, a timeline for the judgment. And then when that final detail is taken care of, God will follow suit. He'll follow the historical pattern, the historical precedents that have been set in the Bible. He will come and destroy the world and they will cease to be and there will be no more corruption. There will be no more violence, no more violating the law of God because then God will create a new heaven and new earth and and his people will be perfect. And that means they will perfectly adhere to and keep the law of God. There will never again be a violation. Never again a violent act against the law. And therefore never against uh, one's fellow man or creature, new creature in Christ. There will never be the raising of the fist against God or against anyone ever again in any way at all. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.